1: And welcome to episode 353 of the
0: mom hour. I am Sarah Powers here as always with Megan Francis. Hey Megan. Hey Sarah. I feel like I'm here with you today, but also here with like seven other amazing moms. Sort of kind of.
1: Yeah, and and all the millions and millions of moms who found themselves in the same boat, right? I don't have that's not a um, legit statistic, by the way. Millions no. and millions. Gazillions. I have millions no Gazili- gazillions of moms who have, have had pandemic babies.
0: Yeah, that is what we're talking about today. I mean, this really came up because a couple months ago, maybe I was looking ahead at the calendar and thinking, wow, we are all going to be kind of reflecting on two years of COVID. And at the time, I think this is like back in December that we started talking about this and we didn't know what the pandemic picture would look like, but we knew that people would be feeling kind of like, holy cow, it's been two years. And the thing that popped into my mind is that two years is enough time to grow a baby, have a baby, uh, grow your family and then have a pandemic baby. Who's now like a walking, talking toddler. And that was really when it hit me that like, yeah, there are entire children who have been born into this pandemic space. And we just wanted to like, do that justice or celebrate it or honor it in some way. And so that's kind of, that's, that was the aha that led me to start developing this episode.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I remember when, when um, pandemic times with the Y, as I like to call them, was just starting saying something to you. I think it was on the show about like, wow, would be so rough to be like about to deliver right now, to be yeah. pregnant and just about to deliver because everything's so crazy. But at the time we were like, oh, but you know, within a few months, it's going to be all right. back to normal. Hopefully this will blow over by July. I think that's right. what we were saying. Four or months, you or said. I
0: remember you yeah, said four, four months, months and that was like, that. that was like, what if it lasts
1: four months? Oh, whole month. And so you could have had a baby early in the pandemic, gotten pregnant, had another baby, and then you could be pregnant again. Like you could be <laughs> going into having like your third pandemic, not even like a triplet, but like third pandemic baby right now. And And like it's not over. How many pandemic babies will there be? I don't know. How many
0: must there be? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, yeah. And Kia on our team, who you'll hear from, uh, is on our team. Did have a second. Like she has had two babies since the pandemic started. Um, But obviously, Megan, you and I have not had babies during the pandemic, and so it was really important to us to feature the voices and the experiences and the stories of moms who did. And and so we're doing this this weekend, next week, and I think our goal is not to gloss over. The really hard stuff, because I think it has been really, really hard for a lot of families and in many ways, not just if you had a baby, but the particular stories of having a baby during this time, some of them are hard, some of them are funny, and some of them Mm. are really sweet. And there's a lot of celebration and joy that surrounds these babies. And I almost feel like the babies deserve that too. Like these families deserve a little moment to kind of reflect also on all of the beauty of you know, coming together as a family at this time. And so that was kind of our goal um, with these two episodes. And so on our contributor team, we have seven moms who have had new babies basically between the spring of 2020 um, up until really up until now. Um, And then one of them, Kia, like I said, just had her second pandemic baby a couple of months ago. So she has had two and we just got these contributors together. We asked them to reflect on the experience of the last couple of years and share some stories with us. And so that is what you're going to hear a lot of today and then also again next Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I am really excited about this because you're right, Sarah, like things have been really hard and there's things that I think, you know, really, and we'll dive into this when we kind of do our commentary during the episodes, but things we just took for granted when we were having little babies or maybe even things that we thought were kind of annoying Mm -hmm. when we had babies that then when you can't have it um, or it looks totally different, you're like, well, wait a second, maybe that wasn't so bad. So um, really great. Like the stories that these contributors shared are so important and so powerful. And today's episode is really mostly about the babies themselves. Um, Not as much the motherhood experience, but like the world those babies have entered and how their first couple of years of life have been so different because of it. And then next week, we're really going to dive into that motherhood perspective, um, more deeply, which it's kind of funny because I do feel like it's, it's like a story of moms and a story of babies. And in some ways, the things that were great for babies, maybe were terrible for moms and then vice versa. Um, that's like a through line too. So, um, yeah, I, I think separating them out will make it really kind of obvious, like what were the things that really impacted babies? And then what were the things that really impacted moms?
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I, I just want to say, if you're listening to this and you're more in Megan and my stage of life where you were dealing with online school and like these bigger kid, um, can I let my teenager have a sleepover with their friends? Like there was some really challenging parenting times for parents of older kids and tweens and teens. I want to say how much I learned or how much I reflected just listening to the stories of these moms of pandemic babies. So I just think it's always so powerful to reflect back on what we've been through, but also through the lens of like, Oh yeah, other people's hard was different from my hard, not better, worse. You know, it's not the hard Olympics, but um, I, there's so many things that these moms and these babies dealt with that was not part of my hard. My hard looked different. Yeah. 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 Well let's meet our contributing voices for today and we're just going to let them say hello.
2: This is Katie from outside of Chicago. I am a mom to three boys, ages seven, almost five, and my pandemic baby, who is 21 months.
3: This is Emily from Indianapolis. I'm a mom to three kids, ages six, four, and my pandemic baby, who is 20 months.
4: This is Jamie from Raleigh, North Carolina. I have two kids, ages four and 20 months.
5: This is Catherine from California. I'm a mom to three kids, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and my pandemic baby, who is nine months.
6: This is Kia from Pennsylvania. I'm a mom to kids ages 12, 4, 8 weeks, and my first pandemic baby
7: is 22 months old. This is Sandy from Los Angeles. I'm a mom to two kids. My oldest is four, and my pandemic baby is 14 months. This is
8: Sarah from San Diego. I am the mom to a one-year-old, my pandemic baby, who was born in January of 2021. This is Stacy
9: from Montana. I'm a mom to three kids, ages 7, Five and my
1: pandemic baby, who is 20 months old. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So, this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious.
0: Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go.
1: Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle.
0: Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
1: That's from our O-U-R-Place.com code MOMHOUR. Okay, I'm really excited about this, Sarah. So we've met the moms, right? Now let's hear more about the babies. So in this clip that's coming up, you're going to meet Walter, Maddie, Rosie, Hazel, June, Nora, Charlie, and Brayden, who range in age from nine months old to almost two.
5: Hi, my name is Catherine DeVries and I live in Orange County, California. My pandemic baby's name is Walter. He is nine months old and he's enormous. He loves to eat and he hates to sleep. So we're a little bit on the struggle bus there. He's my third baby and my older two have obviously over the past couple of years spent a lot of time together. So they're very close. They play really well together. They fight really well together. Um, and up until pretty recently, they kind of just tolerated Walter and, um, stepped around him most of the time, but he's finally reaching the age where he's a little more playful and interactive. Uh, So it's been really cool over the past month or so to see how they're kind of trying to integrate him into their relationship dynamic.
8: My name is Sarah Lindberg. I live in San Diego, California. Our daughter Maddie is our pandemic baby. She is our only child. She just turned one in January And she's the one that made us parents. So she turned our lives upside down during a time in history that also turned our lives upside down because of a pandemic. So the three of us have really just tried to figure this out together. Um, Maddie is incredible. She is so curious and so adventurous. Since she just turned one, she's just starting to want to walk on her own, which is really fun. And she's getting very vocal about what she does not like. So that has been um, interesting for us as well. But she has truly enhanced our lives and our family in just the best way during a time
7: that um, has not always been so bright and shiny. My name is Sandy Shu. I live in Los Angeles, California. So Rosie is 14 months and she just started walking on her own a few weeks ago. So she's kind of doing that half walk, half stumble Um, kind of catching herself before she's falling, sort of walk. And she loves to say hi and uh uh-oh. So now that she's mobile and vocal, I really feel like we're entering into that toddler phase. Hi,
3: my name is Emily Rourke, and I live in the suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana. My pandemic baby's name is Hazel. She's 20 months old. She'll be two this May. She is the sweetest little girl. She was the easiest, most laid-back infant. And she's definitely a little bit more difficult as a toddler, but it's just because she wants to get into everything. She has a big brother and big sister who leave things lying around. So we're constantly chasing her around the house, making sure she doesn't put marker caps in her mouth or eat food off the floor. But that's normal with a toddler.
4: And she's just the sweetest third addition to our family. Hi, my name is Jamie Sherrod. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. So my pandemic baby's name is June. She is 20 months old and was born in May of 2020. She is very active and much more energetic and physical than her brother ever was. Um, She is on the move, ready to keep up with him with whatever he wants to do. Um, She is joyful and happy and um, can get a little salty from time to time but um, has been such a fun, loving addition to our home.
9: This is Stacey Bronick, and I live in central Montana on our family farm and ranch. Nora is 20 months old, and she is the third and the baby of the family, and I think she has typical qualities of being the baby of the family. She's very busy and very independent, although she would prefer to be carried around all day even though she's very independent in other areas. Um, she loves to roughhouse with her big siblings and definitely loves to be the center of attention and is a perfect fit for our family.
2: Hi, my name is Katie Parrish and I live in a suburb of Chicago. My pandemic baby is Charlie and he is 21 months Um, Charlie was born six weeks early and spent three weeks in the NICU, um, in, uh, April and May of 2020, which was extremely difficult. But now he is a thriving toddler. He is a a super smiley, happy little boy. He loves to give big smiles and blow kisses and practicing things like hi, bye. Um, so in those ways, he's just like, most other toddlers.
6: Hi, my name is Kia Hammond and I live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Brayden is my first pandemic baby and he is 22 months old. He is so funny. He is the life of the party in this house. He loves to tickle and be tickled. He is very much into the mine phase. So sharing is a little complicated in the house right now. And my girls go from, oh, my little brother to, uh my little brother.
0: Okay. That was so fun to hear a little bit about all of these babies and how they fit into these growing families. And so one of the questions we wanted to hear from these moms was what experiences they're still waiting to feel normal with these pandemic babies. It has been two years and we wanted to know kind of what is still not back to normal in your life, or what are you really looking forward to doing or experiencing with this pandemic baby? And first up, you're going to hear from Emily and then Sarah and then Jamie, all of whom are kind of talking about what it feels like as the mom to a pandemic baby getting out in the world and kind of craving that normal. So let's hear from Emily, Sarah and Jamie.
3: I am still waiting to take my pandemic baby out into the world without having major decision fatigue. I feel like what used to be a simple outing is not so simple anymore. And there's just this major decision fatigue. And asking a lot of somewhat sometimes awkward questions. Um, Is it going to be crowded? Are the numbers too high for us to go do this? Are masks required? Um, Are other parents doing this with their kids? Am I a bad mom if I take my kids to go do this thing? Am I a bad mom if I keep us home? It feels never ending right now. And I look forward to the day that we can just go do something as a family without this decision fatigue.
8: As far as experiences, I'm still waiting for just normal outings to feel normal. Because she was born kind of at the height, we did not do a lot and really still have not done a lot with her kind of out in the world. Things like going to the store, going out to eat, going to meet up with friends, you know, all those seemingly very normal things have not really happened. Um so I feel as a mom I feel behind like my child is 1 year old and I still have a hard time like taking her out in public cuz I haven't done it that much. So I'm waiting for that to become more of just a normal part of life where it doesn't seem like such an event to go on a short outing or you know maybe go out to eat things like that.
4: If I could pinpoint one area of my day that I would Like to feel normal or feel pre pandemic ish, it would be the moment that I am loading my kids into the car to take them somewhere. And I would love for that moment to be free of anxiety and fear and worry about what they may catch out in the environment. That is something that I am looking forward to feeling normal again, putting my kids in the car. And not having worry and fear and anxiety while I'm doing it.
0: Okay. And then we have two more moms who are looking forward to getting back to normal with baby. And both Catherine and Kia talked more about what baby hasn't been able to do yet. And I thought this was so interesting. Um, So let's hear from Catherine and then Kia.
5: I think the biggest thing that I am looking forward to feeling normal again with Walter is just allowing him to explore the world without this kind of lingering fear of him potentially getting COVID. Um, With my other two kids, I was, you know, pretty nervous about germs, but I would still let them explore. I would let them put things in their mouths, touch things with their hands and then stick their hands in their mouths um, and I'm much more resistant to that with Walter. So I restrain him more when we're in public places like the grocery store or recently we were on an airplane and I, you know, sanitized the entire seat and the tray table before he could touch it. Um, and I just want to be able to feel like I can, you know, allow him to be a baby and touch everything and put things in his mouth and just explore his world in that way.
6: I'm still waiting for Brayden to be able to, like, go to a playgroup with other kids his age, experience a big birthday party, um, and even go visit all of his cousins. He's gained almost three new cousins during the pandemic. So even just having a cousin outing playgroup, I'm still waiting for that to happen.
1: Yeah, wow. That is one of those things where that would have been really hard for me because so much of my life as a new mom was centered around those cousin, aunt, uncle, sister, brother experiences. And wow, that just is such a, it's just really reminds you of how different things have really been. Um, Well, the next question that our moms are going to answer is what it was like to be able to introduce their baby to others. like not only other adults outside of the family but sometimes in the family right yeah. so sometimes that looked very different than it might have especially if your baby was in any way like medically fragile or really in a really needed more protection and care like it's so fraught so let's listen to Jamie, Katie and Sandy tell their stories
4: the ways in which we have introduced our daughter to people over the course of the last two years has really ebbed and flowed um, based on the severity of the pandemic. Um, At the very beginning, she was born in May of 2020. And so we kept a very tight circle. We basically said no one can see her um, unless they are driving to come see her. Um, I remember having to have some really, really tough conversations with people who wanted to fly. And we said we didn't want anyone getting on an airplane and then coming into our home. Um, And that was just so hard. I mean, it kind of makes my stomach turn over now, just remembering how hard it was to tell people, no, I'm sorry, you can't come. And then things would change. We would, you know, later in that summer, things seemed to get a little bit better. So we relaxed our restrictions a little bit. Maybe someone would come in and we wouldn't expect them to mask or, um, we would say, okay, you can hold her, you know, for just a few minutes and then, you know, we'll take her back. It, it felt like there were no rules um, and we were just making things up as we went. And I just remember the unpredictability of that was so frustrating and so frustrating to go from, you know, two weeks ago, we were okay with that person coming to visit. And now all of a sudden, we don't want them to come in, you know, we don't want them to come in our house because this pandemic has changed once again.
2: When we first brought Charlie home from the NICU, um, we were pretty careful about who would be around him. And so for a long time, it was just my parents and occasionally my brother. And for the first couple of months, that meant um, they would have to wear a mask when they were holding him. Um, during the summer of 2020, things relaxed a little bit because we could spend time outdoors. Um, But then in the fall, when our oldest son was about to start kindergarten, we started a learning pod for him and for other families that had kindergartners. And so through that experience, he was introduced to um, some more people. I will never forget the time that Um, one of the other moms in our group, I think we were all like hanging out on somebody's deck, just kind of socializing while the kids were playing in the backyard and I needed to grab something or take care of something. And my hands were full and she asked if she could hold Charlie for me. And I feel like with my first two kids, that would have been, I wouldn't have given it a second thought. I was always happy to hand my baby over to somebody else and, uh, get a break, but, um, With Charlie, it was like, oh my gosh, uh, yes, I guess you can. And I handed him over to Sarah and she held him. And my husband, Chris, said, "Um, wow, Sarah, I think you are the first non-grandparent and non-parent to hold Charlie in his whole life. And I think that was true. And he was probably nine months at that point. So,
7: wow, that was that was really strange. So introducing Rosie to other adults and new people has honestly been pretty stressful. I remember the very first time we brought her over to a friend's house. She cried for the entire first half hour that we were there. And from the moment we got to the door, um, she started crying and she just got more and more worked up. So we had to take her upstairs into a different room and I tried to nurse her and she went nurse and... She was just really wailing the entire time. And so I remember just being there and then holding her, pacing back and forth and hearing my friends um, downstairs just talking and laughing and catching up. And I was just feeling really anxious because I really miss my friends too. And I wanted to join in on catching up and join in on the conversation, but um, I couldn't. And here I was with this crying baby feeling really stressed it was a pretty um, tough re-entry into socializing.
0: Yeah, Megan, just listening to them talk, I am remembering that kind of, when Jamie talked about how things would change, so like not only was every decision about how your baby was gonna meet the friends and family so fraught and so kind of personal and unique to your region and your case counts and like your partner's line of work and there were all all that calculus, right? but then it would change. And just that, that like heartbreak of having to tell people that, nope, like this is not the time for you to come meet this baby. It's just, it's just a lot. Yeah. Um, we have a contributor on our team, Stacy, who had a pandemic baby, Nora, uh, back in the spring of 2020. And Stacy's family lives in an extremely rural setting. Um, and you'll hear from Stacy over the course of today's episode and next week too. Um, but, we're excited to bring it to you because it's a good reminder that not everybody experienced um, social distancing and isolation in the same way. And one of the things Stacy talked about was actually how little parts of their lives were affected in the early shutdown of the pandemic because they live 50 miles from the nearest town. Um, in an unrelated turn of events, Stacy actually delivered her pandemic baby in a pickup truck on the side of the road because they could not get to said <laughs> town fast enough. And she has a beautiful birth story that I will link up. That's kind of near or near, neither here nor there. It's on the side of the road. Nothing
1: to do with the pandemic would have happened anyway, but it's still interesting, right? (laughs) Um,
0: But we're going to hear Stacey talk a little bit about introducing that baby to their community in a way that almost felt slightly normal for her, for their family, which is also maybe not normal if you live in a big city or suburbs. So just in another important perspective um, and I know we have quite a few rural and farm and ranch life listeners out there. So here's Stacy.
9: Introducing our baby hasn't really looked much different than with our previous babies. Uh, we live on our farm and ranch, and so my in-laws are close by. And so when we had our baby, we actually, since we had her in the pickup, we still went on to town the last 15 miles. And had her checked out by the midwife. And then a couple hours later, we went home. And um, my husband's family came over and met her. Um, No one actually held her but me, um, which I would say is pretty much normal for me. Not even during a pandemic that I'm pretty protective of my newborn and don't really like anyone else to hold her but me or him. Um, And my family drove A few hours away, they came um, and met her and stayed for a couple days. And my mom actually stayed for two weeks to help me out since my husband went right back to work. So then that summer, I mean, we just pretty much, the summer is really busy on the farm. And we pretty much just stayed home. And I think I had, over the summer, two friends came out on two different occasions and met her. But other than that, um, we're pretty isolated and so there's not a lot of people just stopping by and so that really wasn't an issue for us and my husband and I just both felt comfortable with her meeting our families um, when she was born because no one was sick and that was something that we both felt comfortable with.
1: to grow into healthy adults.
0: All right, Megan, we're back. And this is so fascinating. So we asked our contributors to kind of compare and contrast like their pandemic baby with their other babies. And all but one of these seven women do have older kids. Sarah is our resident new mom who this is her first baby. But um, what's so funny about this is you and I have played this game, not in pandemic times, but just in general of like, What's nature? What's nurture? Like, how did this kid end up so different from the last kid? And is it because is it because of the pandemic or is it just because this kid is different? And so I think this topic is so fascinating. And in the end, it's it's really hard to sort out um, in terms of personality, these little guys, these little babies and toddlers, if they are the way they are because of the pandemic or not. But what's not difficult is to comment on some of the ways their lives have been different. And so we kind of asked, Two questions along these lines. One was just how have the first two years of this pandemic baby's life been different than the first couple of years from your other kids' lives? And short, like, spoiler alert, a lot. It's very different. And then how are the babies themselves different if you've noticed any personality differences? So we are going to hear from Kia, Emily, Catherine, and then we'll finish with Jamie.
6: The biggest difference in Braden's almost two years of life from my older girls is that Every time we have an outing, it is always really calculated with the risk versus benefit. And it still is that way to this day. Um, His newborn life, he wasn't cuddled and babysat by his aunties and his grandmas. And he didn't get to do things like going to a grocery store until he was like 15 months old.
3: One of the biggest differences between Hazel's first 20 months of life and my other kids is that we have spent a lot of time at home. When I had my first baby six and a half years ago, I was eager to meet other moms with kids the same age. So we started doing baby story time at the library. I joined a baby boot camp fitness class. Uh, we started going to a music time at a local cafe, and I really got to meet a solid group of moms who I started spending time with. But when Hazel was born, everyone was inside, and there weren't the activities weren't being offered anymore. So she really. Has gotten to know the inside of our house very well, but not so much the outside world. Um, Hazel was the easiest infant, and I think that's partially because she's a pandemic baby. She was not shuttled around a lot and always home for nap time. So she really never had a witching hour or fussy time before nap. I was never trying to, you know, roll the windows down in the car and having one of the kids shake her legs so she didn't fall asleep in the car. That just wasn't a situation for me like it might have been with my other kids. With her, it was just, okay, time for nap. We're a few feet away from her crib. She goes down, no big deal. And so she was really not a fussy baby.
5: So, Walter, my pandemic baby's first year of life has been different from that of my other two kids in a lot of ways. I think the biggest difference that I can think of is just how many other kids his own age he interacts with, um, which is basically zero. Uh, With my other two kids, we did a lot of just going out to crowded indoor places and that kind of being our activity of the day. So I remember with my oldest, there was one day that I just took her to Ikea and we just wandered Ikea and she touched things and we talked and um, that was our entertainment for the day. And my youngest doesn't really do stuff like that. And I can tell that he gets overstimulated a little more easily than my other two did because they were so out in the world all the time, just, you know, touching and meeting and seeing things. In a lot of ways, Walter is very similar to my other two kids. He loves to eat and he is a terrible sleeper and hates to nap, which they all kind of did. Um, So that seems to be more, you know, genetic predisposition than environment pandemic related. Um, But I do notice that he is a lot clingier than my other two. He has a lot of stranger danger, which is, you know, pretty normal at his age. He's nine months. But we are having a very, very hard time having him adjust to having a babysitter. Um, My other two kids went to daycare around six months because I was working full time. But even before that, they had different people watching them, family members, occasional babysitters. And Walter really hasn't had very much of that. So that's a challenge that we're definitely going to have to overcome and is, is very, very different than the way that my other two kids behaved.
4: Sometimes I think I have spent the last two years trying to figure out the difference between my pandemic baby and my older child and if their personality differences are related to being in a pandemic versus not. And I have ultimately decided that I do not have the skill set to tease out the difference between two children with different personalities and the difference between a kid who was born into a pandemic versus the kid who entered one in toddlerhood. Um, So I could probably pick out some differences that might be pandemic related, but it's also really hard to know. Is my second kid just more independent? Is my second kid um, a little bit more shy? Whatever it is that might be pandemic related, might be personality related. So I love thinking about this and I think I will never have the answer.
1: Yeah, I love how Jamie's basically like, they're really different, (laughs) but who knows why? Because that is,
4: to your point from before
1: Sarah, like that is kind of how it always is. Like, is it where we lived? Is it because they're an only, or they have a sibling? Is it, is this why they're different? Is that why they're different? And it's probably like all of the above, like they're different because they're different. And they're also different because this is what they were born into. And this is what, you know, they've been raised in so far. So I think that's fascinating. Well, this next one is a really fun question. And this is, um, we're asking all the moms, What's the moment that made you think, oh my goodness, this is definitely a pandemic baby? And we've got Katie and then Kia with a couple of really funny stories.
2: There are a couple of things that Charlie has done that definitely made me think, wow, this is a pandemic baby. So, um, first of all, he knows how to use hand sanitizer. So, he's just so used to seeing people squirt hand sanitizer, rubbing their hands together that that is something he just does automatically. So if any of us are getting hand sanitizer, he puts his hands out. If it's a pump bottle, he'll try to put his little hand on top and push it down, squirt it into his hand. So that just seems like a skill that definitely my older kids did not have and is definitely unique to him being a pandemic baby. Um, the other thing that happened was um, this was just a couple weeks ago. We were playing with stickers on a piece of paper and, um, in our sticker box, I found some, um, old PJ masks stickers from when my boys used to watch that show. And, uh, Charlie's never seen that show, but I was talking out loud and I said, Oh, PJ masks. And he looked up at me and he goes, Mac. And he covered his, um, mouth and his nose with his hands. So to him. Masks are something that you wear on your face and they cover your nose and your mouth. And he knew exactly what that was. And so for him, it's not PJ masks, but masks are something that we wear. And he knows where they go, even though he hasn't had to wear one yet.
6: So Brayden's first time in a grocery store when he was about 15 months old was so funny because he was looking at the cart really funny. He was looking at me really funny with him sitting in the cart and in front of me, he kept waving and having the biggest smile on his face to every person that walked by. And as we went through the aisles, just the look on his face was like, Oh my goodness, what is this? And I just remember laughing so hard telling my husband about it when we got home because I was like, he is such a pandemic baby. That was his first time like out in the real world somewhere that wasn't a doctor's office the first time.
0: Oh my gosh. I wish I had that video of Brayden, Kia's Brayden in the store for the first time. That is amazing. Uh, We also asked if anybody had been surprised by how their pandemic baby's kind of little personality was developing, maybe different than what they expected. And I loved Emily's answer to this one.
3: One thing that surprises me about Hazel is how happy she is. I know that sounds like a funny thing to say, but. The last couple of months of my pregnancy were so stressful. My husband's job is considered essential. So he was still leaving the house every day until the end when the doctor suggested he quarantine. But he went back to work after two weeks. So he was being exposed quite often to people. And I was just very stressed out. And so, you know, in all the parenting books, you read that stress will cause your baby to be more stressed out. And so I was just kind of expecting her to come out very fussy and (laughs) angry and she has been anything but that. And then as she's turned into a toddler, um, 2021 was still kind of a stressful year and her big sister had a really bad case of COVID in the fall and ended up needing to go to the hospital. And we just had a lot of stress and she has still remained her happy self, unaware of anything that's going on. And it just, shows me how resilient kids are. And as hard as this has been for the adults, I think the kids are going to be okay. The little kids will be okay.
1: Okay, so this next question is definitely going to be more on the positive side. Um, And this is where some moms are going to share their favorite memories of having a pandemic baby. And so we've got Sarah, Katie, and Catherine.
8: My favorite memory of having a pandemic baby Is actually the first time that I took her to the park. It sounds very simple, but those kinds of outings were very few and far between. And one day I packed her up, packed up the stroller, packed up a little blanket, and we went to the park. And it felt like such a big thing. It felt like such an accomplishment. We were outside, kind of in public, you know, not around a lot of people, but outside in public. And we had done it. it made me feel really proud as a mom, even something so simple, but outings were hard and not familiar. And getting to the park that day and just sitting on the grass and chewing toys was such a huge accomplishment. And one of my favorite pictures that I've ever taken of her, I took that day. So um, I don't think I'll ever forget it. And it might sound silly one day,
2: but it was so monumental for us. My favorite memory of having a pandemic baby is uh, without a doubt the day that uh, he got to meet his brothers. So um, when he was discharged from the NICU, when he was exactly three weeks old, um, we uh, got to meet his big brothers in the parking lot, basically. So we were on the sidewalk and Charlie was in his little car seat and my husband pulled up with my two older boys and they, they they got out of the car with the biggest smiles on their faces. They were so excited to meet him and they ran over to us and they got to meet Charlie and Charlie got to meet them. And um, it was not the uh, sibling meeting that we had expected, but oh my gosh, it was the most joyful day of my life. And um, really an amazing memory. I have a couple favorite memories of having a pandemic baby. I
5: think um, a lot of them just involve my kids playing together. Um, And I mean, don't get me wrong, my my two oldest fight like cats and dogs as they should, I think. Um, But they've also had a lot of really amazing moments of playing together. And before the pandemic, they were in separate classes at daycare so they didn't really see each other very often sometimes at the playground they would and then they just had a couple hours together during the week at home so the fact that they've gotten all of this time together to really honestly become best friends has been really amazing to watch and then seeing that relationship and that closeness kind of bleed over to Walter and even though he's really still too young to be you know an actual playmate for them I think that my oldest, at least my five year old, looks at him sometimes and says things like, oh, I can't wait for Walter to play with us or, you know, to be part of our game or to be able to play hide and seek. I, and I just think that the strength of the relationship that she has now with her younger brother, my middle child, is going to translate to the way that she sees the littlest one once he's you know big enough to be more engaged with them.
0: All right. So one of the things that we asked our contributors to think about, Megan, and I have actually thought about this not with a baby but with my own kids is how will they talk about this time someday? Um like looking back 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, what will they tell this pandemic baby about the world they came into, about what life was like when they were born? Um the answers made me tear up a little bit. Um and we're just so beautiful and It is kind of amazing to think that we're two years out now, but at some day we will be 10 years out from this. And that looking back and that story we tell is so interesting. So we are going to hear from Kia, Sarah, Jamie, Katie, and Emily answering the question, what will you tell your pandemic baby someday about living through this time?
6: (sighs) When Brayden... Grows up and I can tell him about these times growing up in a pandemic. I will tell him how terrifying it was in the very beginning. I mean, really, we were just crippled with fear in my household, mainly me. Um, I will tell him how special it was to be home together. His big sister having online school was crazy, but also so fun to have us all home at the same time. I will tell them how I don't think we would have gotten through it with as many smiles at the end of the day if it wasn't for the joy of having a new baby in the house to get us through those really, really hard days. One day
8: I will tell my pandemic baby that when she was born, things were different. We did not get to go a lot of places or see a lot of people. We had to wait in line to go to the grocery store. And we got very good at ordering things online. But the pandemic gave us the chance to spend a lot of time together as a family and made things like going to the park or for a walk or sneaking into Target
4: seem very, very special. I think that in 10, 20, 30 years from now, um, I will reflect on this time and tell my daughter that it truly was the wildest time of our lives, having her during the middle of the pandemic, Um, but that she brought us more joy than we ever could have imagined that got us through it.
2: When Charlie's old enough, I just want to tell him um, what it was really like. So I want to be honest and tell him that it was really, really hard, that it's the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. I um, want him to know, though, that we did it and that it was it was scary and it just felt like it was me and him And um, his dad and his brothers kind of against the world. But that the number one thing that we cared about was protecting him and keeping him safe. And that a lot of people were praying for him and um, trying to build us up as best as they could from a distance. So I never want to like gloss over how difficult it was because it it was major. It, it changed our family forever, but I know that it made, um, my husband and I closer and I feel like it's helped us as a family, like focus on what matters the most to us going forward. It just kind of like solidified our, our values. And, um, it's also a great practice, for having to do hard things in the future. So I guess I would just want him to know that he started out his life in um, a historical time surviving, hopefully one of the most difficult experiences we will ever go through in our entire lives. Um, But that if you pull together and lean on the people that you love and stay focused on what's important and not get distracted, that you can do it and we can do hard things and we can do amazing things. When
3: Hazel is old enough, I will tell her how scared we were during this time, how stressful it was during this time, but also what a joy she was to us during this time. And Hazel is just such a happy little girl. And especially in 2020, when she was born, she was just such a light in what was such a dark time. And even on the way to the hospital to have her, We were driving there as the sun was rising and I took this picture out the window probably right after having a contraction of the sunrise and I just could not get the song Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles out of my head and it felt like literally the sun was rising but also this baby was going to be born and she is like our little son in what is a really dark trying time in the world. And we are just so grateful to have her here. And that is what we will tell her.
1: Yeah, Sarah, I think the perspective of this, of those answers, which made me tear up as well, is that, you know, this is one of those times in human history Mm -hmm. that is very notable. Not that not every, every era is notable, right? But when you think back, like, oh, what, did, you know, what would have, like, a World War II uh, mm-hmm. mom said to her baby about what the world they were born into or something like that? It's, sometimes you forget that we're living through yeah. something like that impactful. And yeah. because we're just going about our lives, it doesn't always seem like it, it, sometimes the gravity gets lost in the day-to-day. And I just think that those answers um, really kind of bring it home. So we all have that, whether we had a baby during this time or not, we all have some version of this that we'll tell our kids because they're not experiencing it the way we are. right? Right. Or they don't have the context that we do. And we'll tell grandkids one day. But what a special thing to have an actual baby born during that time. And I'm sure those babies will feel really special.
0: I think you're so right. And it also makes me realize that we're right now living at the kind of like micro level of time, which means like with two years out, we can remember that spring 2020 felt very different from, say, like holidays, 2020, early 2021, which felt very different from like spring 2021. And it's getting fuzzy already in my memory, but but we're, we still kind of are experiencing these chunks of pandemic time. I would imagine that in 10 or 20 years, we're going to kind of look back and you mentioned world war two. And I have thought of world war two so often during this, for some reason, it just feels like another anchor point in history that there's a lot of literature and movies Mm. and like popular culture about. And so I feel like I can kind of Picture us in 30 or 40 years looking back and maybe we will see this as, you know, a 3 or 4 year period where like it will all kind yeah. of lump together. But those who lived through World War II and those who had babies during World War II, for example, were experiencing it one month at a time, one yeah. one half year at a time and just like now there were probably scarier times and times that felt like a little bit of a plateau, just like we're experiencing. So I guess the point of that is time is weird. And like the the farther away we get from it, the more we'll look back and it will be this kind of pandemic times with the why, like you said, but we're still in them. So it's a little hard to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At some point, they're going to become more like, um, like a big lump of time, you know, and more vague. And I agree that it's already getting fuzzy. Like you and I have had several conversations where I've had to ask you (laughs) Like, what were things like then, Or were they the same for you as they were for me? Because sometimes right. like things weren't happening. If not, everything was playing out in real time. Exactly the same for everybody everywhere, right? Yeah. So like my experience was very different sometimes from yours and what yeah. was happening. So it is going to become that like, it'll all become fuzzy through the lens of history and literature and media mm-hmm. and memory, which is not super reliable. And right. so it's, yeah, it, I I love that we have in some way, like something to contribute there to the vault of yeah. what you know that experience is like, because maybe one day school kids will be listening to this podcast episode and writing papers about it.
0: Maybe. You think? One never knows. <laughs> um, well, just a couple of things to mention before we wrap over on the blog, Emily, who you heard quite a bit from today, who has pandemic baby Hazel. Emily has an essay up on the blog called She Only Knows Pandemic Mommy. Um, very, uh, tied in with this podcast topic, um, really beautiful essay. And so go read that. We will link it up in the show notes. And then this Sunday, Megan, we are back. And we are checking in on our 2022 goals. Are we now? Uh, we are. We <laughs> said, we said
1: we would, we and said we would, and we're going to we, do it. And actually will. I I have some good things to share. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did not, all the wheels didn't fall off the bus yet, but there's still time.
0: Right. Well, and there's still time for you listeners. If you missed our January episode where we kind of talked about our 2022 intentions and goals, I will link that up so you can give a quick listen before Sunday's update drops, where we give the real story of how we're doing, you know, six or eight weeks into the new year. And then next Tuesday, of course, uh, you will come right back here and we will continue this conversation about pandemic babies and the moms who love them Um, with these wonderful contributors. And again, we'll be focusing a little bit more on the motherhood experience next week. So thanks for being here, everybody. And we will talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug.
1: That is amazing. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.